Welcome to Things That I Preach to Myself About Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Vangen, and today we're going to delve into a topic that is near and dear to my heart, the Bible. Now, we might believe in God, but do we believe God? Anyone can believe in God, but it takes true faith to believe God. Jesus said, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so it becomes clear that to discount his word is to not believe God. Now, there's a slight similarity between the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk and myself. In the way that Habakkuk looked in anguish at Judah for all of their sin and heresy and breach of covenant between God and man, I look at the modern-day churches in a similar fashion. Habakkuk was wondering why God hadn't punished them for their flagrant sin life that they were living and wallowing in, and I wonder the same thing about some of the modern churches. The Israelites had this disdain for the Mosaic laws, and they tended to their own treacherous hearts. They were supposed to be God's people, yet they would turn quickly and worship Baal, offer their children to Moloch, slayed horses for the sun god, and completely let the temple fall into ruin. The temple had literally just been restored years before, and the people even had this slight revival. But that was short-lived, and they turned back to pagan ways and discarded God. This activity is somewhat similar to churches today. It doesn't take keen understanding of the Bible to see that people who call themselves Christians are literally running hand-in-hand with the pagan culture and society. The church has introduced, accepted, and is teaching the ways of the world over the Word of God. Instead of looking to God's Word, the Bible, what they've done is they've cast it into a general population of heathen books that are filled with titles that offer self-help, or how to do your own thing, or here are other gods, you know, to worship, and or how to become like God. This ecumenical teachings have allowed the bleeding in of other religions. Consequently, other religions have brought in teachings that focus on self and push social and philosophical methods. And this is what's taken forefront in what used to be houses of worship. Instead of preaching the whole word of God, they're preaching man. What started as a movement to unify Christians has really now become a pagan culture that resides within the walls of modern Christian churches. But this shouldn't surprise us. Like Satan in the Garden of Eden, it began with questioning God's word. The text, Did God Say?, has become the marching order of the New Age theologians and seminary schools that pump out newly indoctrinated graduates into the mainstream church polity, and they began filling the congregation's head with misleading, twisted, and flat-out heretical teachings. In Romans chapter 1, we read God explaining the very thing that fuels his wrath, probably more than anything else. Starting at verse 18, Paul writes, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness who suppress his truth. Replacing or twisting the truth of God is suppressing his truth. The rest of the section says, Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. 
For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they're without excuse. For even though they know God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man, and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Do you hear that in there? Now, I saw this firsthand at this church I attended for many years. It really was initially a great place, a wonderful worship and fellowship. The teaching pastor was highly accredited with degrees from reputable Christian university and was even a professor at one. He was a gifted speaker, passionate about his preaching, very charismatic in his style, and he was very well-liked and personable with everybody. He wrote books upon books that drew large sales. But then one day, something came across the church bulletin that kind of created some confusion within me. The pastor was in the process of a new book and had let out a kind of a form of introduction to the congregates to review, ask questions, and of course pre-order the book. Now, since I was still learning and digesting the word, I was pretty young in my walk, I really didn't have a clue as to what any of that stuff meant. I read over the materials and kind of read over them again, and something just didn't feel right. It actually bothered me. So the next Sunday, I'd asked the pastor if he could elaborate on some of the sampler he'd distributed, and he briefly let me know that this is all about God's plan for humanity and that we're part of that plan and that we can even have some say in the future plans. And I was asked him the question, well, what is this? And he called this open theism. I also learned another term that weekend. It was called Arminianism. Now, without getting too deep, I'm going to state right here and right now that you know, I don't adhere to either one of these philosophies of thought. But this new revelation, what it did is it caused me to dive into the Word of God, sort of like the Bereans, you know, testing everything said. Now, as I have mentioned before, I'm certainly no theologian, but when you get a sense something isn't right, you really have to check it out. So the one positive of this revelation was that it opened up a world that I never knew existed to my naive little mind. And I can say with certainty that knowing theology is very important to helping you grow as a Christian in your sanctification. So there's two major camps in the Christian religion, Calvinism and Arminianism. From there extend millions of variations of such, and none of which I'm even going to delve into as it really doesn't apply with what I'm talking about. And I'm not going to say that if you hold to Arminianism or you hold to Calvinism, that one or the other, that you're not saved. But what this all does show is that there are many schools of thoughts and theologies out there, and so much of it is really unbiblical. We can easily see some of it today in the likes of your Joel Olsteins and your Paula Whites who 
preach, teach, and claim so many things that are easily and clearly refuted just by opening up the Bible. But, as a warning, there are many subtle things as well that could easily steer the flock away from the shepherd. So to build on my personal example mentioned earlier, there is another pastor I came to know, one who taught at that same very university um, as the pastor I previously spoke of. He also authored numerous books, highly educated and esteemed, very eloquent, very passionate in his teaching and preaching. Now he holds to Calvinism and he decries open theism. So here you have two very smart men both leading large congregations of followers, both obviously well-versed in the Bible, yet both holding to vastly different views of God and the Bible's teachings. So the question is, is there a clear understanding as to who is right and who is wrong? Well, to answer that, we first need to understand the source of the contention, the Bible. Now, we know that the Bible is a collection of 66 books, written within about 1,500 years or so by some 40-some different authors who were all influenced and inspired by God's Holy Spirit. The Bible confirms and proves itself, and all of it ties together perfectly. This I believe. From the moment all the writings were collected and assembled, many of the greatest minds in the world have studied the Word of God with a fervor that cannot be expressed properly. Many have even tried to disprove the Bible, that it's filled with errors and such, but they have all failed. Schools and institutions have been raised to teach it. Doctrines for living have been derived from it. And nations, they've been created or have fallen because of it. Now, there are many differing schools of thought over certain passages, verses, characters, and ideologies. And many of those views are coming from some very intelligent and astute people. There are many contradictory views that have created different denominations or groups that believe in that similar theology. Some groups wouldn't let people even read the Bible for themselves because they thought the Bible is too convoluted to understand clearly, so those with particular schooling or agendas would persuade a listener or reader's thinking with their interpretations. So as you can see, there have been problems that have risen from the Bible. Some people think that the Bible is too difficult to read and understand, so they avoid it. Some feel that they're satisfied relying on the teachings and preachings of their local pastors, priests, or the TV and radio personalities, so they don't read it. Some people own several copies of the Bible, but they don't know where to start reading, so they just let them collect dust. Some avoid the Bible altogether whether they feel it's archaic and ancient and not applicable to today's world, or they find that the laws and rules set within the covers are too constrictive and doesn't allow for their personal freedoms that they want. The bottom line is this. The Bible is the Word of God. It is God's revelation of Himself to humanity. The stories, the genealogies, the examples, the teachings, like in the Old Testament— they all testify to who God is, his character. From the creation of all things to all the words that he's relayed to his people through the prophets about himself and his holiness and sovereignty. And the New Testament, that shows God's redemption of man to himself through his son Jesus. Man is a mess. Breaking God's laws, unable to atone for our own sins the way God wants on our own. 
So through the second person of the triune God, we have this mediator who has given us a way to salvation, to get right with God, as it were, and to be able to enter into his gates of heaven after our time here on earth. All this is explained clearly within the pages of Scripture, the Bible. Coming up on part two of Things I Preach to Myself About, podcast episode five, we're going to jump into those questions. So what happens when people take and twist the Scripture narratives out of its intended context? Or when people reject and ignore the Scriptures because they want to do their own thing? What about people that have the Word, but don't even read it for themselves to see if what they're hearing is true. These are the problems that we're having today, and these are the problems that we're going to talk about on the next episode. Until then, stay strong in the Word, stay strong in His truth, because all of it is spelled out for us in the pages of His Word, the Bible. I'm your host, Rich Fangen. Episode 5, Part 1 is complete. Part 2 coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.